Hi everyone, this is Jen Kesnick and you're listening to UBU and I'll Be Me. And today I have on the CEO of Little Flower Children's Services, Corinne Hammonds. Hi, Corinne. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Um, so I have known about Little Flower for years, but why don't you tell people who don't know about Little Flower what it is? Sure. So Little Flower has been around since the 1920s. It started as the brainchild of a priest in Brooklyn who was helping needy kids in his parish and wanted to give them someplace safe out in the country um, to come have a change of scene. So we've always been a Brooklyn and Long Island organization. Uh, he brought the kids out to this beautiful spot in Wading River. Um, out here we've been a summer camp, we've been an orphanage, and today we're a residential treatment center uh, for kids who live with us and go to school on campus. Okay, and, and it's a beautiful campus. Thank you. And it's Thank you. pretty big. Pretty big. Yeah. Um, and it's always been Little Flower. This was created. It wasn't something else, and then... You know, I wish I knew the farmland history of it, um, right. you know, and the, the Wading River history before the 1920s, but since then it's been Little Flower. That's amazing. And we have 117 acres here, so I really think it's a great spot for folks to come when they need solace and contentment and some stability, clients and staff included. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, now, what services and programs do you provide here? Right. So our mission is very simple. It's really to help vulnerable people and do whatever we can to create stability for them. That's so our pretty great. Thank you. <laughs> our, our programs flow from that and really can change over time um, yeah. as we meet our mission. So we provide foster care services in Brooklyn and Queens to about 500 kids a year. Wow. Um, some of them might be on the road to adoption or other permanency. Some might be living with relatives, and some might be transitioning out to adulthood, and we help them as they're on whatever path is right for them. Right. Um, and as I mentioned, we help kids here on campus. A uh, hundred kids live here with us. Oh, wow. Wonderful, wonderful uh, young people um, enjoying their time here in Wading River. They go to school. They get therapeutic services, vocational services, lots of recreation on our big fields, yeah. and um, just a chance to be themselves and have some peace. Um, in addition, we have a huge part of our work is with disabled adults. Right. Um, we have residences in Suffolk, Nassau, Brooklyn, and Queens for disabled adults and community-based programs for them as well. Oh, that's great. Um, so that is all ages. All ages. That's all right. ages. That's Everybody. Right. And uh, one of the things I'm very proud of is we provide medical and mental health services on site, both in the city and in Long Island. And I think that's something very special that we do. That um, we work with partner organizations as well, but we provide our own services. That's amazing. And out of the children that are living here or that you're fostering in other places, how many get adopted every year? Oh, that's, a, that's a great question. It could range from year to year. Uh, it was about 50 last year. Just talked to our adoption manager, and we have 11 in the pipeline right now. Nice. Um, November is special because it's National Adoption Month, so it calls a lot of attention to adoption. Yes. But we do adoptions all year round. Um, we have a big pipeline, and we're just always trying to get them finalized. Um, is that new, National Adoption Month? I don't know if it's new, but we certainly have been celebrating it. Um, ACS, our city partner, celebrates it uh, substantially. They have the kids out on the dance floor at a party every year. Oh, so. that's great. Um, but I don't know when it started. My um, daughter, Beth, who you know, who you're going to be speaking to later on mm -hmm. for uh, for her work that she's doing, so thank you. Sure. Um, she and her a few of her friends go to the Christmas party every mm -hmm. year and help with the kids, and it's yeah. just... Amazing what you guys provide, especially around the holidays, for these kids that need it. 
So I'm smiling, you know, this really is a holiday season here at Little Flower. Some organizations get quiet around the holidays. We're the opposite. So uh, we have a calendar of 20 different parties um, coming up, um, some to celebrate staff, many to celebrate clients. And I have to say, while there's always food and music and a good time, it's really about the sense of community and appreciating each other. Uh, So for instance, this Sunday, a group of motorcycle riders from Long Island is coming out to campus. They've been coming for three decades. Bringing presents, bringing presents to the kids, um, and and presents that are really tailored just for them. So it's a very special. And then you mentioned the foster care party in the city. That's always a wonderful event as yeah. well. Yeah, oh, so cute. I mean, mm-hmm. just the you know Beth's stories when she comes home are just so heartwarming, yeah. and mm-hmm. I just love it. I'm so happy that she's involved with that too. Um, if someone wanted to become a foster parent, what are the requirements? So, uh, you know, I'll be very straight with you. They are significant requirements. Mm-hmm. And the reason is um, we need to keep the kids safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so our pers- prospective foster parents go through training. Uh, they go through a lot of conversation with us about whether that's the right role for them. And then they go through significant screening by the state to make sure they don't have a criminal history or risk. Right. Um, so it can be a lengthy process. Um, but we also know that once folks become foster parents, they stay with us for a long time. Yeah. And so we always say it's very much worth the upfront investment um, in order to, to take that on. And the work of foster parents is just absolutely incredible. It really is. To, dis- to make that decision to bring kids into your home. And then, you know, what are the chances that the kids stay long term or do they go back to their home or totally depends on the goal for each child. Um, For some children, reunification with the birth family is the goal, and when it is, we are right on that. Um, And sometimes it's not, for for safety reasons or or other reasons. You know, it's very important for me to say, and I try to say it every time I talk about this, we really value the birth parents. We hold nothing against them. We're all on our journey trying to do the best we can. Absolutely. Uh, It's simply a matter of what is safest for the child and what's best for their long-term stability. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what are the current needs of Little Flower right now? What are you guys in need of for people out there listening? What can they do? No, I appreciate you asking that, and I'm smiling because, you know, we have a half an hour together, and I could probably talk about the needs all day. But, um, of course. Um, a couple of primary needs. Uh, certainly funds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are very lucky to have government funding for the basics of what we do, and it's very substantial. We have longtime government partnerships. But anything we want to do that's maybe innovative and new and special and on top of our regular work, um, we fund through donors. Yeah. And we are lucky to have many, many hundreds of donors right. at Little Flower giving what they can, but we would always seek more. A great example I mentioned earlier that we're helping kids transition to adulthood and we've created a new initiative called the Emergence Project to ensure that they have stability as they go from us out into the world. And that's totally funded by donors, uh, no government funding at all. Um, In addition, we're always looking for volunteers. uh, And you can certainly connect with the team here um, for anyone who's interested in volunteering, and that could be a wide range of activities. I will say often people have in their minds they'd like to work with a young child. Right. And I just say, again, that would involve a lot of significant screening and so on. So often our volunteer activities are cleaning up a garden, cleaning up a a playground, wrapping gifts. Yeah. Um, Some folks do mentor kids, but it's a longer screening process. I saw in the lobby um, there are plans for a Jim and Dee Conway Recreation Center. Right. I love the Conway family. I'm old friends with them. Uh, My husband grew up with them. Um, 
And that looks amazing. What's what's going on with that? So the Conway Center is such a special project. It's actually a long-term redevelopment of the original orphanage buildings on campus. Okay. And it sits right in the middle of campus, and little by little we're redeveloping it. Um, the Conway family was the pioneers for that. They created a beautiful recreation center that we have now. Um, but in order to convert the rest of the original vacant buildings, we need to be ADA compliant, uh-huh. and we don't have an elevator. And so we've been seeking either in-kind or through funding an elevator, once we have that in, we can redo the whole center, which would be amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And we have dreams, probably too many dreams that could fit in the space, but for, no, never, you know. never enough dreams. Exactly. <laughs> Art and theater and, and so many things yeah, that we could do there. of course. So. Um, what's a big misconception that people have about Little Flower? That's interesting. So I would say a couple of things. One is that we are an orphanage. Right. Um, and I think many of our peer organizations struggle with this as well. Um, we certainly help kids who at this time can't be at home with their families. Um, and as I mentioned, we help disabled adults whose families choose for them to be with us. Right. Um, but we're, we're not an orphanage. That concept, uh, that concept of sort of having a bunch of kids together under the watchful eye of Miss Hannigan from yes, Annie or something Annie. is right, exactly. is not is not the case anymore. Right. Another misconception, and, and you might see it from being on campus, is that we're little because we're called Little Flower. Um, but we're not little at all. Not little. We're a $53 million organization. We have 600 employees. Uh, we have the many programs we talked about, and we're here on this big campus. So. I mean, it is a big campus. It really is. And you must have a huge staff of people to maintain the grounds alone. Yes, yes, we do. And very dedicated folks who yeah. are out there, you know, in the dead of winter to make sure that the cottages for the kids have electricity. Right. Or that the residences for adults are passable and the buses can get in. So, Amazing. Yeah. Um, so what kind of things that do you provide here that might surprise someone? Oh, that's very interesting. I have found pleasant surprises wherever I go. Um, So I'll start here on campus. Uh, We have uh, sisters who live on campus, so we still have clergy here. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're four sisters, and they're very involved in the life of Little Flower and are really very much a spiritual beacon uh, for the work we do. We have day habilitation, so disabled adults who may or may not live with us can come spend the day with us and have great activities. That's great. Uh, The kids run a campus cafe. Uh, where they do the cooking and serving and delivering and tallying up. And um, it's actually open to the public. We welcome visitors um, to come. Great. I did come. not know that. So that's a, very, that's a very special place. And, you know, our kids have won junior chef competitions oh. uh, and really do very innovative work with their cooking. Excellent. Uh, it teaches all kids responsibility. And then for the kids who are potentially going into that field, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful groundwork. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, and then, as I mentioned, throughout all of our programs, including in the city, you know, we're in, we're in a couple of big office buildings in downtown Brooklyn, and you wouldn't think that there's a medical clinic in there, that we have licensed therapists in there, um, but we're really providing hands-on services. Yeah, so you have um, also children and foster children and disabled adults in Brooklyn also. Exactly, yeah, and in Queens. Oh, wow, big operation. Right. Big operation. Not just here. Right. Why would someone be in Brooklyn or Queens and not here or vice versa. Right. So I really see this as a regional operation. Mm -hmm. So um, in general, folks who live in the city come to our city programs and folks who live out here come to the programs out here, but not necessarily. Right. You know, anyone in the region can be served um, wherever appropriate with our services. Amazing. Amazing. What do you think the future looks like Uh, for Little Flower? uh, Speaking of a question I could talk about for a long time. Yeah. 
So I've been CEO for two and a half years. It's been the privilege of my lifetime to have this role. And the board um, really has charged me with charting the course for the future. Yeah. So we have a very innovative strategic plan that's for three years. We're halfway through. Um, and our, our goal is with our services to expand to more services, different services, and also to go more deeply on the services we provide. Okay. Um, so there's a lot, lot going on there. We're also looking at our real estate and how you know we could expand our use of our real estate, which is extremely exciting, and also looking at partnerships with other organizations and, and making more solid partnerships with other organizations. Excellent. So, yeah. And so you've been here for almost three years. What are you most proud of so far? Oh, absolutely the people who work here. Yeah. It is a labor of love. Um, and I'd say especially the folks who are coming, you know, to the midnight shift to care for folks yeah. who, who are living with us. Um, the amount of true love and caring and compassion. And in addition, also extremely ethical behavior, mm-hmm. a high moral standard um, makes me incredibly proud. Yeah. And, and we stand on their shoulders. So. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, really, it's very touching. Um, and I don't know how you don't get emotional all the time working here. <laughs> it's interesting. I think about this sometimes and talk about this with my nonprofit colleagues. I've been doing this work for 20 years, and we learn to have very big boundaries. Yeah. And, um, but, but I have to say, I get emotional every day and my kids (laughs) at the dinner table ask me every day, you know, Uh, what happened at Little Flower and I get sometimes emotional in the retelling, you know, of course, because for those who have so much, it's your, your responsibility to give to those who don't. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm happy to know about and be involved even in a small way, um, for Little Flower. But if people want to get involved, what can they do and where can they where can they find you? Absolutely. So our website, I always get wrong and I will read from it, is www.littleflowerny.org. Um, and then also can go to our VP, Maureen Fox, who's a great um, first point person. Mm-hmm. Um, and she can be reached by phone at 718-875-3500, extension 5040. Okay, and that's for Maureen. For Maureen. Uh-huh. Also, we have a big uh, Facebook presence, Twitter yeah. presence. Uh, got a... I follow you on Instagram. Oh, I'm glad you do. <laughs> I post on Instagram a lot, kind of wacky stuff I see around. Um, well, that's what I saw um, probably about a month ago when I got in touch with you guys to see if you wanted to do this was an Instagram that said it was um, something about like a month for incarcerated parents. Yes. Yeah. And so I just thought like, wow, that's really not easy for a kid to live through and with um and you know what are what are the what are those kids what does their day look like you know do they get to go visit their parents if they're incarcerated or yeah so this i really appreciate you asking that question and it harkens back to something we were talking about earlier i feel like all birth parents and i'd say all parents i'm a parent myself you know we're all on a journey and we're doing the best we can right one child's parent might be incarcerated, another might be in inpatient drug treatment, um, one might be coming out of inpatient, um, one might be at home but struggling with mental illness. No story is the same, but to me that it's all the same in that things are not stable for the child. Yeah. And so here we can provide the stability. On the particular cases where the parents are incarcerated, the answer is sometimes they can visit. It depends on the the charge and the case and what's appropriate for the child. Um, But I will say we make very careful decision-making and collaborative decision-making around that um, because we want children who do want to visit where it's appropriate to be able to do that. And, in fact, we have someone on staff who will drive upstate and take the child. Nice. 
Um, but on the other hand, there are times where it's just not appropriate. Yeah. And we're very frank with the child and, and the, t- the treatment team about that. Yeah. So, and that could change over time. Also. Right. Everyone changes and everyone right. gets a chance. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No judgments from us ever. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and that's the way it should be. Hence my, you be you and I'll be me. Right, right. right. Exactly. <laughs> well, Corinne, thank you so much. Um, I really urge people who are listening to get involved, get in touch with you guys, see what you can do, whether it be dropping off some unwrapped Christmas presents Absolutely. to, you know, whatever it is. Um, but there are many ways to help, and I hope that people listening reach out and help. Thank you, and thank you so much for this idea and inviting us to participate. We really are very grateful. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, all right, everyone, thank you for listening, and get in touch with Little Flower when you, uh, when you stop listening to this. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Thanks. Peace.